brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast, College Style, along with Aaron Fit. I'm John Manuel. Thanks so much for the download here at BaseballAmerica.com. And if you haven't heard already, we are Twittering at Baseball America. Go to Twitter.com backslash Baseball America, and you can keep up with everything that we update uh, on the website and everything that's coming up in the magazine at our Twitter page, uh, which, you know, it's kind of odd, I think, Aaron, to Twitter about a print publication, but we have one foot firmly in the past as well as uh, one foot and both eyes on the future. Where, where can I go to find out what Twittering is? I believe you go to twitter.com backslash Shaq, okay. and Shaq will fill you in. Because nobody Twitters like supercalifragilistic Shaq is allodocious. And we want to thank you again for the download. And we're going to jump right in with a little bit tighter podcast this week, because I'm not only your host, I'm also your technical director. And that's always a little scary proposition, and we've already found that out today. So uh, without uh, further ado, Aaron... A new number one team, it's Cal State Fullerton and the Titans, really earning it. Uh, they've played a strong schedule. They have one stub of their toe, of their of, you know, one tie loss of moment where they stubbed their toe, uh, losing an opening season series to TCU. And since then, uh, Fullerton really has been unstoppable. And they're number one. And it's not just because Texas got swept. It's not because North Carolina lost series. And those things, obviously, none of these things happen in a vacuum, but what Cal State Florida since that first weekend has really been as good or not. I think they've been better than anybody else since that first weekend. You know, some weeks, John, we, we have a number one that I'm frankly not all that comfortable with. Yeah, you're not, you're not excited about, sure. They're, they're number one because that's the way the rankings worked out that week. You know, the teams in front of them lost. They won. Okay, here's your number one. This team, Fullerton, is a true number one. Yeah, they are. They, they were number, what, five in the preseason. Right. Um, I thought they were... They're unquestionably one of the five best teams in the preseason. There was, for me, a separation right after them. They were in that top group for me. I think I remember talking about how I thought there was a top four. Yeah. And then a little separation, but that has proved inaccurate. Fulton clearly in that same group. I, and I, I think it was a starting pitching that I was had reservations about with Fulton, and that's kind of silly considering Dave right. Serrano is a really good pitching coach. But, but they've had no reservations, it seems like, with their young pitchers. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Pill has been outstanding uh, right away. I mean, this was a guy who came in with a lot of expectations. Uh, his, his polish, you know, was was his biggest asset, um, and he's shown the ability to throw three pitches for strikes. And um, and Noe Ramirez, the same thing. The, the left-hander they were really excited about in the fall, getting a lot out of him too. So even with Michael Morris and maybe being a little bit of a disappointment so far, not not uh, emerging as that power arm weekend rotation guy like we right. thought he might. Or Daniel Rankin hasn't quite kind of taken that next step. He's, He's still been good. Solid. He's been right. very He's been solid, good. but he has not been spectacular. Kind of thought he'd be the next great Fullerton ace, and he hasn't quite done that. Obviously, he's a sophomore. He's got plenty of time to do that. But I also love the note you have in Top 25 Tracker this weekend about the three guys who played for Rob Walton last summer and how physical and how effective they were this weekend offensively. And this is this Titans team 
is not a pitching defense scrappy West Coast. It is, but it's also a team that can really score with anybody in college baseball, right, it seems. Yeah. And, and, and thanks to Mike Greenlee for that excellent note uh, in, his, in his notes package this week. But Slider of love coming through. But I'll tell you, yeah, I mean, it's the offense is, is the thing that really excites me about this team, even more than the pitching. Their pitching has been a uh, has been very good. Yeah. And you know, and it's got to be to 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 be sixteen and three against perhaps the nation's toughest schedule. Um, but we we love their offense coming into the year. We thought it might be one of the best offenses in the country, even without having a ton of home run power. Right. Um, they're just relentless, and and they're going to wear out the gaps, and they're going to. Uh, do all the things that the Titans do every year, and and they've they have not had a break in their schedule, John, and and they're the hottest team in the country, and they've got the most impressive resume. So I'm glad we've got them number one. Yeah, they're, they're number one. You can feel good about Cal State Fullerton. Sounds like a commercial for something, <laughs> but uh, it's the Baseball America podcast, and Aaron uh, LSU checking in at number two this week. I think LSU at number two, and North Carolina at number five. Uh, we can kind of link together in a way here because. LSU's been number one previously, and uh, they've responded quite nicely, it would appear, to their Illinois, uh, I don't know if you want to call it debacle, but losing two out of three at home to Illinois is kind of, that's a borderline debacle for me. That's a debacle. That's a debacle. It's just fun to say. Um, But now they've responded with back-to-back series wins in conference, and this one going on the road at South Carolina. South Carolina does not protect its house, and neither does North Carolina, which loses at home to Duke. Uh, you were in Columbia. You obviously have on this, a lot on this on three strikes. Um, not sure if you want to talk a little bit about that, but LSU uh, offensively, it seems like boy, if your pitcher does not have his A game, you better look out because they're going to put up some double figure numbers on you. Their offense is clearly the most explosive in college baseball. That is accurate, I think. And, and you know, Friday um, after the game, they got shut down by Sam Dyson, and, and Paul Maneri was kind of lamenting his. Uh, his offensive struggles, saying, I don't know what's going on here, and I've seen these guys hit for two years. Well, a lot of it, I think, had to do with the fact that they saw four great pitchers in four games in conference play. I mean, if you look at the three guys at Kentucky um, and then Dyson, uh, as soon as there was a little break there, those two freshman left-handers for South Carolina uh, who don't throw nearly as hard, um, the Tigers pounced on those guys the second time through the lineup. So I think uh, they got those bats going. Um, their pitching was, was pretty solid this weekend. Renato was very good. Coleman was very good again. Austin Ross finally gave him a nice start there on Sunday. Uh, I think they've maybe found an answer in the bullpen with Matty Ott, um, which maybe could allow them to keep Coleman in the rotation. So That would be a big development for them, no doubt, because Coleman's a nice X factor for them. But, boy, they, you'd love to be able to settle on one role for him going into right. conference play and, uh, or going deeper into conference play. And, meanwhile, you know, South Carolina, again, we talked about they lost a series at Mississippi State last weekend. They lost a series at home this weekend to LSU. No matter who you play, at some point in conference, you've got to start stringing some winning series together to be a regional team, no matter how strong your league is. It's going to be hard for South Carolina or any team in the SEC to get into regionals at 13-7 and seven in the league or something like that. And South Carolina, to avoid that bubble, and to get on the right side of the bubble, they're going to have to start winning series in conference here. And do you think they can do it? I think they'll win some series in conference, but um, enough to be a regional team. We had them just out in the start of the season. They're, for me, I mean, I think they're going to be on the bubble. I think that talent-wise, they're they're just not where they were. Um, you know, I think they've got a true ace on the mound in Sam Dyson, which they haven't had before. But the rest of the staff is pretty shaky, um, and offensively, they look pretty good. They actually have more home runs right now than they had at this point last year. Which is just stunning, which considering is stunning. what they lost. And, and I think they've got some guys who can execute. I think that they're, they're able to beat you in more different ways. 
because uh, they're going to play some small ball. I saw them execute a number of bunts and things like that this weekend. Um, Ray Tanner's really an outstanding offensive coach. Not like he can't coach pitching either, but he's an outstanding offensive manager. And uh, you expect this team to score. I'm just stunned they have more home runs than they had yeah. last year. But the problem is that everyone else in the SEC is pretty good too. And, yeah. And I think that uh, you know I think South Carolina and Vanderbilt might be might be scrapping for that last regional spot out of the SEC. And I mean we haven't even talked about Georgia on the podcast. 19 and two this year, uh, sweeping Mississippi State this weekend, which is kind of what you have to do. Georgia's got that great mix of freshman talent and some senior and junior experience. A lot of guys who uh, went to Omaha last year who are back. Uh, so it's like Rich Poitras is having a fantastic season for them. Um, they just—they're just a really—they're they're a team without a significant weakness. It would appear at Georgia. Um, you know, I guess elsewhere in the SEC, really in our in our rankings, who's the next SEC team in our in our rankings? Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. And Arkansas, we didn't mention this previously, but Arkansas, six and zero in the conference. And to me, Arkansas really, Aaron has uh, done a couple things very well. They've mined junior college ranks very well. Um, and they also have gotten some impact freshmen and sophomores the last couple of years. And this is a team with a really good mix as well, similar to Georgia, of good young talent or new to the SEC talent. And then uh, they've got some older players as well. Yeah, uh, the, you know, the, the cisternas behind the plate. Uh, ben Chepacow. Chepacow's a fifth-year senior, leather at the top of the lineup. They've got some veterans, uh, and sometimes they're just stacking up a 22-, 23-year-old against a 19-year-old and winning that. Manning is boy matchup. That's a, that's a good way to put it. I, I think that their team uh, uh, is just a really solid all-around club. They, they're not going to blow you away with their, their pitching. Um, I think they've got a lot of power offensively. Pitching is the Starting pitching seems like that's the big question that mark That is the them. question mark going forward. I think it, it might be good enough. Um, you know, I, don't, I don't think it's going it, to... Will, will that, is that an Omaha staff? I don't right. know that it is, but... but they're off to a great start, and we like them going into the year, and, and, I, and I continue to like them after sweeping two SEC series. Let's touch really quickly on the Atlantic Coast Conference. I mentioned North Carolina. They lose this home series to Duke. I think we should touch on Duke a little bit here where you've got Nate Fryman with six home runs. Uh, you've got a team that, ha- again, a program that hasn't gotten an at-large bid since, I think, 1962, or an a- tournament bid, a- any NSA tournament bid. Um, we we picked them to 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 get in this year. You, you went out on that limb and had and had Duke in your field of sixty four, and so far they're five and four in the league with a, a home series win against Virginia Tech, a home series competitive one and two showing at Miami, and a, a road series win at North Carolina. I think I screwed that up on Miami. They went on the road and went one and two, but uh, but I mean Duke right now is. Positioning itself to be a regional team, Aaron. They've yeah. they've gotten two very tough series out of the way in the ACC. They're three and three against North Carolina and Miami. Both on the road. Yeah, both on the road. Not many teams <laughs> can do that. Uh, how how does Duke, I guess, take what it's built on now and finish out and get to regionals? What uh, what do you what do you think, Mike? To, what what's got them in this position? Well, the the key thing is is last year uh, that we've talked about in the past they they've been able to steal games on Saturdays against some of these elite teams, but they have not been able to win any series. Uh, this is really the first time they've won a series against an elite team. And their first series winning is North Carolina since 2001, 2001, I believe. And that was the one year, I believe, under Mike Fox that North Carolina didn't go to regionals, 2001. That's the only year. Uh, I think that was their down year. Um, you know, Duke in the past has had a nice weekend guy, like Tony Bajaki, I think was the guy That's a couple right. of years ago. That's right. Who was a junior and senior and was very competitive for them in league, uh, in league play, and gave them a shot pretty much every weekend uh, to steal a win. 
But boy, right now, uh, they seem like they have a little pitching depth. They seem like they defensively, it sounds like, it sounds like that's a real strength for them. they got some veterans back yeah. who have a lot of conference experience, guys who got beat up on as freshmen and sophomores. And it seems like they have uh, a little bit more competitive on the mound. Yeah, Andrew Wolcott has is, is, is been outstanding for them on, on – uh, uh, on, you know, this guy was four and zero. He's he's got a like a less than one and a half ERA. I mean, he's beaten some good teams. He's really good, John, and and um, and they've got guys behind him. I mean, we've talked about Alex Hassan as is a one of the best two way guys in the ACC. Guy's hitting four sixty right now, and he's their closer. He, I mean, this is a veteran team. Um, I th- I think that they've got a real chance to to make a regional run. But but I think like I've heard you say before. Their their non conference schedule is so weak right. that they really there's no margin for error in the ACC. They've got to capitalize when they get opportunities like they had last week against Miami. Right on the road at Miami, uh, really had a chance to sweep that series. They had to lead late in all three of those games. They only won one of them. Yeah, you got to so, come through. You got to come through in those opportunities. And speaking of Miami, very briefly, but Miami goes on the road, deals Virginia its first two losses of the year. Yeah, the Hurricanes looking very for real. Uh, there's no doubt about that. They, they, they're, they're just they're just finding ways to win, and 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 it's you know I talked to a scout about them last week who said it's that Miami mystique. Yeah, you know, this is not as talented a Miami team as they've had, and and he doesn't even think that they're necessarily an Omaha team or a, you know, he he worries about them long term. But he right. said when they get on the field, they think they're going to win, and and they do because of that. It's just. You know, nobody's going to beat us, and it's they're so well coached. They're they're Miami. They are what they are every and, year. And then I think you have to say Florida State. You know, maybe Florida State's in a little bit of that same, uh, you know, discussion. Just eleven and eight, but a huge series win for Florida State this weekend. The win two out of three from from Clemson. And in the ninth inning on on Sunday, it looked like they were about to lose that series right. at home. And and what a huge swing that makes to come back with four runs in the ninth. Uh, highlighted by that big three-run walk-off by Mike McGee. Who, yeah, how would Florida State have looked if they lost their first three conference series? What position exactly. would they be in? Exactly. Um, just, they don't. You don't get regional bids on reputation. You got to have some some bona fides, and uh, you know that's a huge series one I think for them. And Clemson seems like it's a very talented team that can't quite get over that hump. That's it. Uh, it's the Baseball America College Podcast. He's Aaron. I'm John. Aaron, uh, we're going to finish just the ACC point. No, this is just kind of that. You know, that reminds me of of Texas A and M. Yeah, we were talking we were, we, earlier podcast that got deleted. We were talking a little bit about the Big Twelve and how crazy deep the Big Twelve has been. Uh, Texas from number one falls. Texas A and M, our pieces number one falls. Uh, there's a lot of teams in the uh, basically in the Big Twelve, Aaron. It really looks like it's a pitching heavy conference as expected. Um, and A and M and Texas are two teams that are struggling really to find some consistency offensively. Yeah, and especially Texas. I think they're averaging about four and a half runs a game here. That's not going to get it done. I mean, this this team... Not with metal bats. This team offensively um, has been a huge disappointment, and they need they need Kevin Keyes to step up. For me, he's the key yeah. in the middle of the lineup. Uh, he's got to be that, that thumper to give him that, that physical presence, and I think things will fall into place around him. Oklahoma is the only really good offensive team in this league. Yeah, I it's think, amazing. I think Baylor is solid offensively. I think Oklahoma's the only great offensive team. A&M has the pieces, but they haven't fallen into place yet. Yeah, what, what, what about the ACC was reminding you about A&M? Well, that kind of you know, you off because, because Clemson, I mean, like, yeah. like you said, they're, they're deep and they're talented, and they just haven't quite gotten over the hump, and I think A&M's the same way. Talking to Tim Jamison this weekend in Missouri, he said, you know, these guys, I think we caught them at the, at the right time because they're going to be a lot better than this, and you can see it. 
What I, so, yeah. Uh, what I respect about A&M is they didn't let themselves get swept that's again. Right. That's right. They've lost, they've lost five straight games in the week, and they did not uh, let the Bastards get them down, as, as Bono once said. They, they rallied to finish the week with a victory on the road at a conference team that also is kind of scrapping to get its way back in. At, you yeah. know, Missouri just like, at a 500. So. Against the guy, Nick Tepish, who was dealing for about five or six innings, I think, on Sunday, uh, and they found a way to get to him. You know, the Big 12, I think we've talked about how deep the Big 12 is. We talked last week about the West, the Big West being, in our minds, the best conference in the West, the West Coast Conference, the Pac-10, both being down. The Pac-10, I think it's safe to say, being significantly down by its own standards because this is the preeminent league in college baseball, no matter what anybody else wants to tell you. Everything in college baseball starts with the Pac-10. You want to talk about alumni, you want to talk about college World Series championships, you want to talk, what have you done for me lately, you're starting the Pac-10. But the Pac-10 is really down by its standards. Uh, Conference USA being down. Good good for the league to see East Carolina just thump UCF and get back into the rankings. Um, yeah, but the Big 12 is the league that seems like it's the most cycling up, I guess we'd say, Aaron. I, uh, is, there a, is there a Big 12 team that's been a surprise in a good way? I guess Kansas and yeah. Kansas State are kind of the that's two it. stories there, aren't they? That's it. There's no question. I think those two teams um, – have have really proven that they're going to be very competitive this year. And and Kansas State, you know, they they, they beat uh, Oklahoma on Friday night. AJ Morris has been outstanding. That guy's been lights out. That guy has been lights out this year, yeah, carrying over from what he did last year, and I believe the West Coast Collegiate League. Right, and and then Kansas to sweep Texas. I, I just you know I know it was at home. I just didn't see that coming. It's it it tells it tells you how hard it is to win road series. Uh, when when the only team so far in the Big 12 that has run a, won a conference road series is Oklahoma. Yeah, and Oklahoma probably has the most balance because, like you said, they have the best offense. They don't just have to sit there and wait for the pitching. Yeah. And they do have good pitching. Uh, Doyle's uh, all kinds of experience. I know he's been up and down, but Richards has a big-time arm. Uh, J.R. Robinson, the left-hander. Yeah, the, 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 the transfer from New Mexico Junior College where he played – as a freshman for Ray Birmingham, when Ray Birmingham was the coach there. Talk about a segue. Ray Birmingham brings New Mexico, the University of New Mexico, into the top 25 for the first time since 1985 this weekend, Aaron. Uh, the, the big thing that New Mexico really hanging its hat on is uh, you know sweeping two games at Texas A&M. Yeah, uh, the re- the North- rest of their resume is, is they've beaten, they've bludgeoned some teams that they should have bludgeoned. But, yes. But going to College Station and, and winning two this week, to me, it's loud. I don't care if a and scuffling right now. If you caught him at the right time or not, it's a tough place to win, and it's a really good team. I think the main thing is, you look at this team, this team's hitting 410. You know, that happens sometimes in the thin air. And I think Air Force has had some teams that have hit 350 in the past, that kind of thing. Uh, what really promised us to rank this team is Faith and Ray Birmingham, uh, the head coach at University of New Mexico. Uh, it's the fact they're 22-3, um, and it's the fact that uh, they got a guy in Cole White, a reliever, who's got a big-time arm and has given up three hits in 18 innings. So there is some talent there. Uh, They've got several power arms on that staff. I mean, that's one thing that Birmingham, I talked to him last week, said, you know, this is an area where last year, I think the quote he gave me was, we go to the bullpen and I, and I, and I you know, I'd have to get my rosary because now, <laughs> now when they go to the bullpen, it's, it's, it's a strength for them. They, they've, got, they've got legitimate arms there. They've really stacked the, cap, the, the cupboards in a hurry. And offensively, they've got all kinds of talent. Veteran guys uh, who are hitting. Um, Brian Cavazos Galvez is another a guy who's played two years at, at New Mexico JC for Birmingham, and now he's come with him to University of New Mexico. And uh, the guy does nothing but hit. I mean, yeah. uh, he he led the nation's junior college hitters uh, two years ago in batting, and and this year not only is he hitting four seventy one, but he's got seven triples. You know, this guy he's like Jose Reyes. I like triples. 
And that's the thing about this team is you talk about the thin air. Well, thin air doesn't help you get seventy four doubles and thirty two triples. That's right. No, they're just they, I mean, they're not just they're not just punching and judying up there. They're slugging six twenty five. Right. And their ballpark plays big too, Jones. So they're not going to hit a ton yeah, of them. It's a triple A ballpark. It's uh, Isotopes Field, which is now that's an offensive ballpark. It's uh, offensive. Go ask uh, go ask Al, uh, Matt yeah. Eddy about uh, how offensive uh, Albuquerque is. Uh, he's our triple A editor, and he loves to talk about some triple A ballpark factors. But uh, this team is gonna they're gonna score runs. But if they have power arms, they have a nice senior left-hander in Bobby Moore, the older brother of, uh, oh, goodness, I'm not remembering his Matthew first name. Moore. Matthew, thank you. Matthew Moore, left-hander who's number six in our Tampa Bay Rays, top ten prospects. Moriarty High represent out in New Mexico. Uh, some of my favorite draft calls have been out there in New Mexico the last couple of years. Got to love the Four Corners area. Uh, but New Mexico, I think a very legitimate team to bring in. But at our first time in our rankings in 24 years, which is uh, pretty impressive. Uh, nice to have some new blood in the top twenty-five. Aaron, we're going to wrap up the podcast for this week. But uh, now you went to—you were in Columbia last weekend, uh, so you'll have that in three strikes. What else can people look to and th- look for in three strikes on the blog at baseballamerica.com? We'll have a Golden Spike spotlight on Kyle Gibson, who uh, might be the hottest pitcher in the country right now, outside Mr. Strasburg. Sixteen strikeouts for Gibson. Uh, and also we'll have a look at some of the upsets around the country. Yeah, there, there were some upsets this weekend, uh, no doubt about it. But, uh, and, 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 you know, it's hard to notice for some people this time of year. So we appreciate you with the download. And uh, send those questions into us at podcast at baseballamerica.com. And uh, we'll have another college podcast next week. And we'll also, uh, J.J. Cooper and I will be back later this week to, as our WBC fever recedes uh, here at Baseball America. So for Aaron Finn, I'm John Manuel. Thanks for the download. We'll talk to you next week. So long, everybody. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.